Well, hello. I uh, just want to say welcome to 130 episode of Nerds with Mike's 137, right, Justin? Yes, yeah, 137. Uh, it's it's hard to believe we're up in the one above 100s, let alone 137. But uh, welcome, everyone, uh, to tonight's episode. I know we are doing things a little bit differently this evening because we're recording on a Sunday instead of a Monday. Uh, so we appreciate you being flexible for us. However, you get to watch this whenever you want. If you don't want to watch it tonight, that's fine. You can watch it tomorrow. But anyways, uh, so tonight we're going to be covering a range of topics. Uh, but our big overarching topic tonight is... The, uh, the conversation around the pros and cons of console um, exclusivity. And uh, I know that uh, that's kind of a hot topic, but when we wanted to talk about it in a way that kind of to give both sides of the argument, if you will. Um, but without further ado, let's get into it. I'm your host, Judd. I'm not Justin. I'm Travis. <laughs> I'm Travis. I was looking right at you and I was like, I'm Justin? No, I'm Travis. Who are you? Oh my gosh. <laughs> This that's, is that's an all-time great right there. Yeah, I'm just gonna clip that. I'm just gonna clip that, right? Clip so, it, clip uh, it, cut yeah, that, yeah. cut that, cut that. Clip uh, it real good. Clip it real good. And I'm you're Travis, also, I guess. So uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, for our audio listeners, they're gonna be like, what the hell is wrong with these guys? I know. Right? Um, um Yeah, go ahead. That's so good. Um, so I have uh I started watching season two of the bear. Um, I can't remember if I talked about the bear a couple weeks ago. Oh, I guess um, we're getting right into what we've been up to. All right. Oh, is that <laughs> not what you said? I got no. so distracted by the No, Justin. it's my fault. But you know what? Let's go ahead and get into it. What have you been up to this week, buddy? <laughs> this is a disaster. We can't do this on Sundays anymore. That's the problem. Nope. We're too nope. loosey-goosey on Sunday. It's all my sister's fault. All right. Well, back up. Uh, <laughs> watch some of season two of the bear. Uh, I can't remember if I mentioned it a few weeks ago, but it's a show on Hulu. Uh, forget the guy's name, but um, really good. Takes place like uh, at, a, at a store, a restaurant in Chicago. Um, there's more to it than that, but it's just really, really good. So far, season two is just coming out swinging. Um, saw Asteroid City today. I'm a huge Wes Anderson fan. Um, I had seen some of the reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. I want to say that even like the audience score is kind of low. Um, so when I, when I left to go see it, I thought, oh boy, like, is this movie going to suck? And I got to tell you, I don't know what those people are talking about. It's one of his best movies. Um, loved it. It was just so good from beginning to end. I didn't want it to end. It's one of those movies where like, I didn't check the time once, which for me, that's kind of rare. I have ADHD. So I'm always thinking about what the next thing's going to be. Uh, didn't happen during this movie. In fact, I was really bummed out when, um, it popped up and said act three and I was like, ah, no, it's almost over. Um, Highly recommend that movie. Um, spent the weekend in Lexington. Um, we saw a band. It's a folk bluegrass band called the Arcadian Wild. They're very good. Check them out. They have a song called Dopamine. That would be a really good song to introduce yourself to them. Um, but check them out. They're great. Put on a great show at the Burl. Never been there before. Um, great atmosphere. Great environment. Lexington's just a cool city anyway. So it's a good time. Had yeah. a top five meal in lexington top five meal and it wasn't it wasn't brazilian steakhouse no it was not it's a place called uh, bj's brew house okay and i got a sirloin tri-tip sliders with um sweet potato fries and a strawberry shortcake you know like those big like cookies that they'll make like in the pan yeah like the little cast iron 
Yeah, it was like a strawberry shortcake cookie with like okay. loaded with strawberries and like cream cheese and all sorts of stuff. And it was like really good. So activate diabetes, baby. Dude, I know. I'm trying to fast track it. Um, but it was it was just a really good time. Uh great place. And then um a game came out last week called Final Fantasy 16. You may have heard, of, heard the, of that. No, the other titles in the series. Um I'd played the demo. I believe the demo was my pick of the week last or I'm sorry, my nod of approval last week. Um and man, that game lives up to the hype. Like I thought that we had a clear winner for game of the year um, with um, tears of the kingdom, but I feel like I still feel like tears of the kingdom is going to win out, but I feel like it's a lot closer now than what it was. Um, I will say that if you would have put tears of the kingdom or final fantasy 16 in last year's game of the year running, then Elden ring and God of war Ragnarok wouldn't stand a chance. But that's just yeah. how good these two games are. So um, no offense to Elden Ring, no offense to Ragnarok. I'm just spitting facts over here. <laughs> but uh, no, Final Fantasy 16 is really good. I'm probably like, I don't know. I'm like probably 15 hours in. It's just like so good. And I don't want it to end either. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, sounds like you had a pretty, uh, won't you tell our uh, watchers and listeners uh, how many hours you already have in Final Fantasy? I just did. Oh, did you? You said, six, <laughs> you said 15 hours already? Okay. Yeah, I did. Okay, well. <laughs> I haven't had a chance to play today. Yeah, yeah. The reason I wanted to bring that up was because uh, our topic tonight was actually supposed to be conspiracy theory. No, no, no. Conspiracy theories in gaming. And I said, Justin, hey, I'm going to give you a whole week to research this. And he messaged me yesterday and said, hey, we're going to need to do a new topic. <laughs> I haven't had any time, any time to make notes on this topic. I was out of town and we oh, bumped it back today. And then he says right after that, hey, man, hey, man. You played uh, Final Fantasy 16? Yes. No, <laughs> no, nah, man. I said, no, nah, man. What about you? I play about 10 to 15 hours. I said, oh, you could have just taken an hour of that time to make some notes. But you know what? That's okay. That's right. That's uh, right. But, you know, but, you know, honestly, uh, I think it actually worked out. We could do that topic next week because I think uh, the conversation that we're going to have tonight is going to be really good, especially with like coming out with, um, you know, Final Fantasy 16 and like that obviously being um, an exclusive on PS, uh, PS5. Uh, just PlayStation until it comes out to PC, and I just think it, it, it's a relevant topic now to have. So I think uh, I think it it all worked itself out. So you're forgiven this time. Thank you. I hate it here. Um, <laughs> anything else this week before I go? If there is, I can't remember it. So uh, any? Uh, did you watch any Silo this week? No, I didn't, and I want to, but I just didn't. So. Well, just so you know. Um, this Friday's episode coming up is the season finale. Uh, last week's episode was, well, I guess, yeah, last week's episode was bananas. Uh, is, is the one thing I don't want to spoil it, but the one thing I've been asking you is that has that happened? No. Ah, man. All right. No, no. I already told you. I looked at the IMDb, and unless they surprise me, I don't expect it to, uh, to happen. Right. But anyways, uh, so for me. Um, I watched obviously Silo. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. Uh, I still continue to watch a little bit of, so I think you should leave. I didn't yeah. watch that much more, but I've been really playing a lot of Diablo. Uh, I was actually just playing some um, right before the podcast started. I was playing with uh, Alex Preston and Christian, and we were um, in the process of finishing Act Four, going into Act Five, and I had to pause that. So they're probably going to finish it tonight, and I'm going to try to maybe finish it after the podcast. However, after Drive to kentucky tomorrow uh to pick up my uh, little sister she's going to come hang out for a few weeks she may even be on the pod who knows i mean i doubt it i doubt she'll want to sit in on the pod she's uh she's a little shy but we'll see um but anyways uh so uh yeah so i've been playing diablo uh I'm trying to think 
what else? I think really that's it. I mean, I, I haven't really done much uh, this week that I can remember. I had brunch today. Uh, I guess that's it. I had chicken. Well, was gonna have chicken and waffles, but I asked. Uh, I asked the waitress. I said. I said, uh, "Do you prefer waffles or do you prefer the pancakes?" And she said, "Pancakes." So I had the pancakes instead. But, nice. but I did have a cocktail that was brunch themed. It had cold brew coffee in it with some oat milk and some whiskey. It was. It's pretty good. Nice. Um, you know, because I know you're a big bourbon person, so you probably would have liked it. But I don't know. Do you drink coffee? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then you would have liked it. It. Uh, it was delicious. I'm not. Uh, I'm not it, a big bourbon person, though. No, it's a, it hurts. Yeah. Yeah. What hurts. do you drink then? You just drink beer. Uh, wine, cocktail, cider. I mean, I'll drink. I'll drink bourbon in a cocktail, but not like just straight. Oh, okay. I you do. Like, I'm actually drinking cider right now. You must not have hair on your chest then. No. Not oh much. yeah. Yeah, if you want to, if you want a good cider recommendation, anything that the company Ace makes, oh yeah, so good, especially uh, the pine, pineapple. Ace ones. pineapple, my dude. I, I think I have some of that in the fridge. We got oh. some uh, pear, pear, uh, Ace pear cider as well. Yeah, well, super jelly. But anyways, uh, that's all that I've been up to uh, this week. So I know we're going to get into some notice, uh, notable news, um, and we really wanted to talk about the FTC versus Microsoft. And I know this is something that you, really you have been kind of you know, following a little bit. And I think this kind of goes along with what we're going to talk about tonight. So uh, I'll go ahead and let you talk about it. Oh, that's, yeah. that, that, that's not, not, I was going to say, like, I'm not that's, ready to. Nope. What? You're not ready to do that. Go no, ahead. I'm Man, not. you would think this is the first time that we've ever done a podcast, but I've never done it before. So, yeah. So this week we saw uh, the FTC and Microsoft face off in court and um, it's been juicy. Uh, <laughs> it's been a lot of fun to like get juicy. random tweets from Moria 64 it's like Jim Ryan called Phil Spencer a doo-doo head. And, and, you know, it's just like back and forth, back and forth. So here's what we found out. These are just interesting tidbits during the FTC trial with Microsoft regarding the Activision exclusivity or the merger deal, whatever you want to call it. So uh, Indiana Jones, you know, the game coming from Machine Games, uh, the company that Microsoft acquired a few years ago, was originally going to release on PS5. Now it's not. Um Microsoft admitted that Xbox lost the console war, saying that they are currently in third place behind Nintendo and Sony, which is a pretty big thing for them to admit. Usually you don't want to accept defeat, but in court they are. They're trying to make themselves look weaker, I guess, to kind of help their chances of getting this to happen. Yeah. Uh, Jim Ryan, this one's a little juicy, not too much juice, but a little bit. Um, Jim Ryan in an email said that he expected Call of Duty to appear on PlayStation consoles and that Microsoft's move to purchase Activision wasn't about exclusivity, this is something that has contradicted Sony's statement publicly. They've been saying, oh, they can't have Call of Duty. It's the biggest game. It's, it, you know, they can't keep it off our, our console. But pu- privately, they don't think that's going to happen. And Microsoft has said as much that it's not going to happen. So th- I feel like each day we find something that kind of hurts each one of their chances, even though Sony's on a trial. This yeah. is my favorite juicy nugget. It said um, uh, Starfield was originally going to skip Xbox consoles. Sony made agreements for Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo and Microsoft. That's when they decided to buy ZeniMax and Bethesda to make sure that didn't happen again. Ryan McCaffrey from IGN had like the best tweet over the weekend. And keep in mind, I have no allegiance to either one, but this tweet was awesome. He said that um, uh, Sony getting exclusive rights for Deathloop and uh, Ghostwire Tokyo was them uh, effing around. And then Microsoft buying Bethesda was them finding out. And I love that so much. (laughs) I mean, I think that's a good way to describe it, honestly. I mean, if uh, if you are going to F around, uh, you sure as heck going to find out. It's just a matter. It's not a matter of like if, it's a matter of when, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, this next one kind of hurt to hear, but Elder Scrolls Six is at least five years away, and it's unclear if it will release on this console generation. 
Yeah, I know. Um, internal memos also show that Microsoft believes that the next gen of next gen uh, generation of hardware will release in 2028, which five years away, that's a pretty decent amount of time between you know now and then. So not too worried about that. Um, and this one uh, was interesting. I actually didn't know this. So there's no PS5 version of Minecraft. I just assumed that there was. Um, and of course, I, th I believe the court kind of grilled Microsoft on why didn't you do this? Like, are you not going to support it on PlayStation 5? And the reason is because Sony didn't send Microsoft a dev unit of the PS5 before launch. And instead of working on it after they finally got one, they decided to work on Minecraft Dungeons and Legends. So like, why circle back? Like, you didn't give it to us, so we're not going to waste any more time so yeah we still have a whole week i think i think we still have all this week to go uh phil yeah. took the stand on friday um i'm not really sure what the agenda for the week looks like but if there's anything good we'll we'll talk about it next week but uh, yeah i would say in the words of taylor swift that there's some bad blood wouldn't you i think that's right <laughs> your wife would approve of that reference but you not so much no she's seeing her on saturday I, has she seen she's seen her before right nope Oh, well. yeah. Won't stop talking about it. Well, I mean, it's kind of a big deal. Her head might explode. You might not. You might want to kiss her when she goes out the door. You may never see her again. That sounds dark. <laughs> well, them Tay Tay fans be cray, man. They are. You never know. They are crazy. It's, but uh, but yeah, so that is interesting to see. And that's kind of what we wanted to talk about, like to bring that up ahead of uh, the topic that we're going to really talk about, the overarching topic, which is about, you know, the pros and cons of uh, exclusivity. I can never say that word. Exclusivity. Yeah, that's going to be your word the rest of the All night. right. Just pause, <laughs> pause and I'll say it. I'll fill in the gap. Okay. Um, but uh, but really we wanted to talk about like this and kind of give both sides of the argument because I think a lot of times we always tend to focus on the negative of obviously games being like exclusive to certain content, uh, certain consoles, but we really never talk about the positives and if there are any. So we really wanted to kind of shed light on both sides of it. Um, you know, so obviously since, you know, there's exclusive exclusive exclusivity sorry I, I failed you <laughs> i was i was testing you hoping you were going to be quicker than that but uh this has obviously been like a long time topic right and it's nothing that's new and i also think you know while i think it's fair obviously to share you know in supporting this or also people like not supporting this you know releasing games exclusively to a certain console you know i think has been really a defining characteristic of the gaming industry. And it's been something that's been obviously happening for quite some time. Right. Yeah. Uh, so we really want to talk about like the different arguments that are to be had. And then also like, how is it at the end of the day, how does this impact us as consumers? Kind of similar to like what we were talking about last night with, or last week with franchise fatigue. Uh, this is something else that at the end of the day, I think also can also impact the consumers being us uh, as well. Um, so let's go ahead and start. Let's start by talking about, um, you know, the case for console, uh, console, what just exclusivity, you know, what? I should have just did a loop and then just hit the play button every time yeah. I wanted to say it. Um, but let's talk about how, uh, this can, um, really enhance platform diversity. Uh, I don't, the, you know, I was reading that I was reading my notes uh, that I made about this specifically. And one thing I was really thinking about is, you know, having things be console exclusive, I think sometimes uh, encourages healthy competition, right? Uh, between gaming platforms. And I think like competition's good, right? Uh, oh, yeah. You know, I think competition is good. And sometimes like buying up all these studios and making things exclusive, sometimes we tend to think that, 
oh, well, I can't have my favorite game on my platform anymore. Now I'm going to have to buy another console. But because sometimes this sparks, you know, competition between them, I think that's really a lot of times where you sometimes see new features come out of, you know, games being certain on a certain platform. Uh, because sometimes when you're making a game for multiple platforms, there may be features that you're not able to put in that game because of maybe the limitations of those other platforms, right? I think sometimes... Uh, you know, some of the features you get when you're getting a PlayStation game with the controller and how they can work into the adaptive triggers, all that stuff. Uh, it also allows, obviously, not only unique features, but also innovations and also maybe some experiences that you may not find uh, that other consoles being able to deliver. I think a lot of times with the power of the Switch being so, like, hampered by what's inside of it, like... I mean, look at Hogwarts Legacy, for instance. That game is, well, it's supposedly coming out on Switch, but that game will probably never see the light of day on Switch, if you want my honest opinion. I just don't know how it's possible. Then I thought they canceled it, or did they just push it back? It's it's, it's keep getting delayed, but I think that it's going to, I think it's going to probably more than likely get canceled. But I think by offering, obviously, exclusive games, I think consoles, that's where really they can differentiate themselves you know, from one another, but also I think that's really what helps create a sense of identity, I think, for that console to stand on its own and also attract specific audiences for those games and for those platforms. So I think that's one way that it's good to have some games that are uh, exclusive to consoles because it it helps things not feel the same to, all the time when, when you're jumping from one console to the other. I mean, because yeah. games that I played on Microsoft that I'm like, man, that was a really good experience that I couldn't have got on uh, PlayStation or vice versa. Like typically single player story driven games, I always find I have the best experience with ones that are generally um, console exclusives for PlayStation. But I tend to find that a lot of times I have better multiplayer experiences on Xbox. You know what I mean? What's your thoughts on that? So, yeah, I, if, if there was no console exclusivity in place, then when new consoles came out, the launch titles would be the same. There'd be nothing separating them, right? Yeah. Um, except for first-party titles. But that's where you kind of get into it. So, like, Sony has kind of, like, built these first-party companies on their own, whereas Microsoft has more or less acquired them, which, you know, you can argue that all day. Another thing that kind of is in, like helps the case for console exclusivity is just resources. So you may get a, a game developer who might be lighter on resources than others. And Microsoft might swoop in and say, Hey, um, we'll make your game. We'll, we'll give you a ton of money to help you with production and all that of your game, but it's only going to be on Xbox, you know? Yeah. So it can really help dig, you know, indie developers or just smaller developers, like out of a financial hole. Um, if they're having some trouble getting their game off the ground or, getting it funded or completed um also just as far as like you know if you make it exclusive maybe microsoft's qa team will take over you know squashing bugs and helping you out there that way you don't release a broken game redfall was broken anyway um but i mean so there's that as well uh to kind of go in favor of it um but also just like i said the whole making them stand out um you know, this is a business. Everyone's here trying to make a buck, whether it be Xbox or Ubisoft or Square Enix or PlayStation. They all want to make money. Uh, and they want to earn money. And they, you know, they have to sometimes spend money to get that. So Microsoft, I believe, is a much wealthier company than Sony, but they still had trouble locking down these exclusive deals, um, which I can actually talk about this in the next part. But um, but yeah, I don't other than really um the resource aspect and kind of differentiating the two consoles. 
I can't really find a ton of pros for it. Um, I mean, making sure it's typically, I think kind of what you said a minute ago too, is making like with Sony and the controllers, if you release it on one, it's probably going to have a better release Mm -hmm. because you don't have to test it on two different systems with maybe two different sets of uh, console features. Um, But yeah, that's kind of where I stand on the pros anyway. Yeah, and kind of what you were alluding to, uh, which I'll transition into this next portion, because a lot of what you said is the notes that I had for this next next one, which is talking about like fostering creative development. Um, so for me, uh, one of the things I think is like when you have console exclusi- exclusivity, that's just what I'm going to say. I'm going to keep botching it. Uh, I'm you know, I, wait, that. I waited until you took a drink so I could botch it on my own. But anyways, um, I think deals often provide game developers a lot of times with financial support um, and resources that maybe wouldn't normally allow you to take creative risks because Mm -hmm. you know that that game is going across multiple platforms. But if you're, if you're only doing it on the one console and there's maybe less risk involved, uh, you know, it allows you to be more creative and take those creative risks because you're, you're not, going out to the masses across all the consoles right yeah. um i think with this type of financial backing when this happens i think this can really be the result of a high quality game um that may not typically be uh able to be had otherwise if you're having to make sure that as you're going through this development process you're making it a way that's suitable for all consoles um i also think that this really allows developers i think to maximize like what that potential is uh for that specific platform's hardware you know what i mean i think a lot of times it's like you you sometimes see that when a game releases right one console may may be performing better than the other until patches come out to help fix those type of issues i mean obviously we saw what happened with with cyberpunk like what would have happened if that i mean obviously we know that that game was really made more for like the PC aspect of it. But like, think about if a game like that, that had tons of issues out of the gate was only being made for one console. Do you think that like, say if it was PC only, do you think it would have had the same type of issues if it wasn't being made for like multiple platforms? I'm not saying that it wouldn't, but chances are it would, the, the problems would have been less. I would imagine. So um, for cyberpunk specifically, I don't know if you remember the, the reviewers got their hands on the PC version first, like to review, right? And IGN gave that game a 9 out of 10. Um, And if you played that game on your PS5 or Xbox Series X, it ran okay, but it was like a totally different game from the PC one. Like it just lacked a ton of like graphical fidelity, right? Yeah. Um, So that game probably should have started off on PC only and then made its way to consoles. Um, I have played the next gen version, the PS5 version recently, and it is pretty good. It's, it looks good, plays really well. Not still not PC quality, but I would say they're more on the same level now than they ever have been. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, and I think I think sometimes too that the last thing I'll say about that uh, around uh, the fostering of creative development is I feel like kind of to your point, like if you stick to one uh, one console, whether that be PC or whatever. Uh, that really allows you to optimize that experience, right? To your point, you're saying like a lot of early um, early reviews of that game, PC only, it was fine. It wasn't where they started to see a lot of the underlying issues is when they went to console was because, you know, trying to make it work across all platforms, different chipsets, different graphical processors, all that type of stuff is tricky, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. and, you know, and I'm just, 
I'm just giving my point of view from the outside in. I don't know what really goes behind all of it in detail, but like, I'm just saying like certain games I feel like would run into less problems if it wasn't being like, have to be made to appeal to everybody and all consoles. Now at the end of the day, I understand. And you made this point earlier is when you're making games, you want to make money, right? If you keep it to one platform, that's just money you're not getting from other consoles as well. So like, I understand maybe why it does that. That's why I'm a bigger fan. If they are going to do things that are exclusive, maybe making it a timed exclusive Yeah, because that gives a certain set of audience members time to have that experience. But by the time it hits those other platforms, it's a more optimized experience because they're not trying to launch it all at the same time. If that makes sense, you know what I mean? So uh, what did you have anything else to add around, around this specifically? Not the, not the pro uh, portion. No. Okay. So um, the last thing that I will say around the pro uh, the pro one is, you know, I think another thing that this helps drive sometimes is driving you know, the technological advancements uh, to the point around like maybe hardware specific uh, features that they have. Right. So like, I think when you have games that are exclusive to certain consoles, you know, this is historically obviously played a big role in driving technology. Right. I think about the advancements that are made with the controllers. I think about like when uh, you know, when Forza and first person shooters were really big on Xbox, I'm sure that's, you know, the elite controller came out of that because you had a lot of people competitively playing on Xbox. Um, So I think when you have that, right, when you have things that are exclusive to certain consoles, it really allows them to really want to push development forward, especially like we're starting to now see a lot more accessibility features come to consoles, accessibility controllers, and more, we have more ways than ever now for people with you know, disabilities or impairments to be able to play games, right? And that's all because of innovation. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's just because things are exclusive to consoles, but I think it's because, you know, when you want somebody to be able to play your game, you want to look at it from the aspect of, I want as many people to experience this as it's intended as possible, and how can we help that happen, right? So I know God of War was huge, and that's obviously exclusive for the amount of accessibility features they built into the game, right? I know Microsoft has done really well with the type of controllers that you can get for accessibility. Um, you know, so Tony I has think- one now, too. Yeah, yeah, I see that they just, uh, I think it was a, like a month or so ago that they announced one. Um, yeah. But I think, it, you know, exclusive titles offer, often I think help push the boundaries of what the consoles can achieve. You know, typically when you go from one console generation to the other, you always get the highest quality games to the latter end of the console cycle, right? And typically those are usually always console exclusives right before they switch over is when you typically get the best quality games. And a lot of times there's some games that are intended to help bridge the gap, right? Kind of like, I think of like um, when, uh, like Last of Us 2, for instance. Uh, like yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, Last of Us 2, I also think about when, um, Breath of the Wild came out on the Wii U and it also came out on the Switch. You know, it looked a little better on the Switch, you know, had better draw distance, little things like that. Um, but I think, um, you know, this really helps be able to showcase what is possible. And I think this helps really encourage console manufacturers to improve and in- innovate in order to stay competitive. You know, that's that's really all I had on that. Um, now I know you probably have a lot more in, in regards to like, the case against uh console exclusive well, yeah i mean i do i think i think most people will too um, i'm not saying that console exclusivity is all bad uh because we like we just talked about the pros 
of yeah. you know the the instances where it's good where it's bad though so like there's one um i actually have a list here of some uh examples that angered gamers so and most of these do skew towards sony um so one that really stands out these most of these aren't games most of them are it's game content so okay. the one that really comes to mind as kind of uh crappy <laughs> was when marvel avengers got spider-man um okay. and i i think about this one occasionally obviously the, the game itself is kind of a dumpster fire but um you're taking a character that is for the most part um i mean peter parker is a kid right yep spider-man is a kid and spider-man is extremely popular with kids right so you're telling me that you're releasing this Marvel Avengers game on every platform, right? Some kids may only have an Xbox. Some kids don't have both like you and I, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so this kid who has his already expensive console, his Xbox, and he bought Marvel Avengers, maybe with his allowance, he can't play as his favorite superhero because of a stupid uh, exclusivity agreement for Spider-Man. Now, I guess the part that happened is Sony helped a little bit with the Spider-Man mechanics or whatever. I think that's the rumor. If that's factual, I'm not entirely sure. Um, but I just always thought about that one. It's kind of like, that's crappy because like, if this were like destiny or something like a, you know, mature rated game, that's one thing. But like, I kind of feel like this move for Spider-Man, like honestly hurt kids more than anything. Like you and I could have played this game on any system. Cause we have them both, but not everybody yeah. does. Not right. everybody has the resources to have both um, or just cares to have both, you know? So I just kind of felt like that was more of a punishment for the kids um, yeah and i thought that kind of sucked yeah no i agree uh one thing i would like to try to share if i can do this without uh completely botching it hold on botch a it. second you said botch, botch it so i want to share this real quick and you make sure your our screen layout looks uh looks good here okay. um, i'm gonna go ahead and add this in and we'll do this one actually uh so this website is it okay here let me let me let me increase the window size real quick uh, this on. one, this view's a little bit better. Yeah, here, let me make the window bigger, and then I'll also zoom in real quick. Because one thing I want to show you, so this website here talks about uh, exclusives, right? So for PS5, right? So in the color options, you have like a full exclusive, platform exclusive, console exclusive. But if you look at PlayStation's list, right? So obviously we had some timed exclusives, uh, right? So those are the uh, the dark red, or no, dark red is console exclusive. It's like a burnt orange. Yeah, it's like a burnt orange. So obviously, like you had Deathloop, uh, which was time, Ghost Tokyo, which is time, Godfall, which was bad. Yeah, yeah, uh, Odd World. But look at all the so so. I always would have I would have always assumed that PlayStation was the worst about having console exclusives, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at this list, um, and then obviously you have Gran Turismo Seven, Horizon, uh, Horizon West, Marvel, uh, or Spider Man. And then you have a lot of these still timed ones, right? Now look at the, this one I find interesting. So check this one out. Look at all the, hardly any of these are timed. So to your point earlier, when uh, you said that uh, about that tweet about uh, uh, Sony uh, effing around and then Microsoft telling them to find out, this is what, this is what this is about. So I'm seeing like fables of burnt orange. Is that going to be, oh, does that mean because it's going to be on PC as well? Uh, well, burnt uh, burnt orange means it's just straight exclusive to them. Oh, my bad. I'm, yeah, yeah. The red is the ones that are the bright red is full exclusive. 
So console exclusive uh, means, it means it just can about. be on PC or smartphone. It says. Correct. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. Yes. Gotcha. 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 Yeah, so I thought this was very interesting. Gosh, uh, so like the actual straight up exclusives that they have are like no offense to these developers, I'm sure they work hard, but like they're nothing. Like they're not notable games. Yeah. Now, of course, I'm not 100 percent sure when this was updated last, so that so that I would have to look into. But but I just thought that was very interesting because some or of Xbox are, almost half of theirs aren't even out yet. I know, and then obviously you're gonna go to go into Switch, and we oh. know the, we know the story there. <laughs> yeah. So. But anyways, uh, but yeah. Oh, yeah, this must be old. Look at this. Breath of the Wild sequel. Oh, uh, yeah. But still, that means that that list has probably only grown because I don't think oh, any yeah. of those have changed, obviously. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, so I thought that was pretty interesting. So with that being said, um, let me... Uh, so the one area that we wanted to talk about, uh, and you've already kind of alluded to this as well, is obviously limited consumer choice, right? Like that's the biggest downside of this is because you have certain audience or certain consumers that just can't get access to that unless they decide to go out and buy that console or, you know, maybe they have a roommate that has that console, whatever it may be. So, you know, having games be exclusive to consoles really restricts consumers choices at the end of the day. Uh, You know, I think as gamers are compelled to obviously purchase, I know you and I, I don't have an issue typically purchasing across multiple platforms. I don't prefer to do it. I don't prefer to do it, especially here's my biggest pet peeve. If you're going to have games that are not console exclusive and you're going to have it across multiple platforms, if those games don't have cross character progression or cross save, that's where I have the issue. Like I would have bought Hogwarts legacy hand over fist on all three consoles, probably if it would have actually saved my character across all of them, but it does not. You know what I mean? There's really no excuse for a game not to have that in 2023 because we know it can. I mean, I don't. I I should take that back. I don't know anything about coding games. Okay, I don't. But I know that other games do it. So <laughs> I know that all the I'm going to say <laughs> is if you can take my Pottermore account and tie it in and work it into the story of the choices I've already made, you can carry my save across consoles. Come on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. You know, so I think this can obviously be a significant financial burden for gamers, obviously, oh, if they yeah. have to, if they're wanting to buy them across uh, different platforms, especially considering the cost of like purchasing various consoles and also ex- accessories, subscriptions, all of that stuff. You know what I mean? Um, and that's why I think that if you're going to own one console, and this is probably a hot take, but if you want like, easily accessible to a large game library xbox is probably where you would want to end up i don't play xbox very often but the fact that the value of what game pass has you know what i mean that that if you're going to own one console and you want to be able to play like lots of content microsoft is probably the way to go that's not my preferred console but if you were like didn't have any consoles at all or even a pc obviously i'd say pc all day long but you know if you're going to buy a console and you want access to the largest library of games i would say the xbox all day long you know what i mean yeah um and then obviously one of the cons and this just kind of just goes right into this is the whole everything being fragmented and you know really segregating like gamers right like i think that's that's a big thing it's like oh well you know i i want to play with my friends but i don't have that console you know what i mean so a question from homie flip there. Um, you may want to answer that one, Travis, since I believe you did. I actually already have one. Uh, I've had it for about 
It came out on June 13th and I've had it since release day. Uh, I've spent quite some time with it. I really enjoy it so far. I don't have any complaints. Uh, I know there's been some hit or miss things with people having hardware issues, but I have fortunately not had any hardware issues at all. Um, and honestly, I was kind of concerned coming from the Steam Deck because the Steam Deck, honestly, as far as ease of use and if all your stuff is in the Steam library, very simple, right? Very simple, very easy, accessible, right? This is a Windows. This is a Windows handheld, right? So with all those things you get, you have Windows updates. You have like you know. But with that being said, you can install anything you want to it. So like I installed the Blizzard client. I installed the Epic client. I installed uh, Game Pass natively on it, so I can actually install that's Game cool. Pass PC games. Now that's not to say that the Steam Deck can't do it, but there's tons of workarounds. There's tons of workarounds, and if there's an update then it might break that process. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's been a really good experience in the, in the, in the, and I plan on making a follow-up video probably within the next week or so about my review, I guess, of the unit. But I am surprised by how well it is to navigate because it doesn't have, it doesn't have the touch pads like the Steam Deck. So like you would think navigating Windows is terrible. Honestly though, the touchscreen features are so good, and actually Armory Crate, which is the overlay for the software, is actually pretty nice. I don't have any issues with it at all. So, um, And they seem to be doing a fairly good job of keeping like updates rolling out and stuff like that. Um, but, but yeah, I recommend it, especially because like if you buy it through Best Buy, you got 14 days to try it out. If you don't like it, just return it. You don't have a restocking fee, anything like that. So you know, if it's just something you want to try out, you can definitely do that. But I'll tell you, one of my favorite features about it is when I set it down and plug it in the dock, I have a separate gaming keyboard and mouse. I can essentially just use it like a Windows desktop and then just unplug it and take it with me. Like it's it's really cool. Um, we have a couple comments uh, yeah, on the topic here. Bring um, them in. Yeah, this one says timed exclusive is worse because when a game does come to the other platform, they will pay for exclusive DLC, which then hurts the early adopter. That's true. A lot of times we see like an, an Xbox exclusive game. When it finally comes to PlayStation, it's the game of the year edition that has all the DLC. The Xbox guy doesn't have that or vice versa. Uh, and he has an example or they have an example. Uh, for instance, one of the recent Dead Rising, Rising games was timed exclusive for Xbox it came out on PlayStation one year later with the included DLC that extended the game at no extra charge while on Xbox you had to pay in order to get the real ending. So that's an interesting take. We haven't really talked about that one yet where you kind of get screwed for buying it during the timed exclusivity window. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah and that's the thing too. It's like, if you're going to have games be a, like, if you are going to have games be across multiple platforms, like you remember when they really used to like, when they released them across multiple platforms that you would, will basically give you content that was exclusive to those consoles, right? Yeah. Like I remember uh Soul Caliber. That's what I was gonna say. I was yeah. like, this, this takes me back to my GameStop days because you used to have like a an exclusive character like per yeah. console, right? Wasn't you, it, had, um, Link? you had Matt you had Master Chief, you had Link, you had um on PlayStation, you had uh the guy from Tekken. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh and then they did the Star Wars characters where you had Yoda. And then you had uh, Vader, right? Like mm -hmm. it's, yeah, it's pretty dope, but that's a cool way to do it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, now, just to kind of finish off the whole fragmented part that I was talking about. So, you know, obviously when you have games that are console exclusive, you create a fragmented gaming community, right? Uh, you know, as players are divided based on their chosen platform, right? <laughs> um you know, I think this segregation kind of limits the ability to play with friends, uh, like we talked about, right? And mm -hmm. who often, you know, you know, who, who have different consoles and potentially hindering like what social experiences you're having with people because you're not able to play with people you want to play with. Right. I mean, yeah. 
you know, and, and also I will tell you though, one of the nice things is, is like discord has made it really nice. Uh, I don't know if you've used any of the discord yeah. features that allowing you to like, just send your chat to like PlayStation or Xbox. Yeah. I mean, I I've recently started using that within the past few weeks and it's like flawless, like no issues. Um, so from a chat perspective, there's definitely solutions out there, but it doesn't change the fact that if, uh, you know, if there's certain games that you can't play with your friends, if it's just a certain console, that in itself uh, can cause an issue, right? And almost foster a sense of like exclusion. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, so, uh, and this is this point here, um, I think kind of ties into what uh, the one person writing in says is like the barrier of accessibility, right? That's like the last point that I kind of want to talk about before we kind of move on from this topic. But like, once again, when when you have games that are exclusive, right, um, I think this can sometimes exclude individuals who cannot afford uh, or choose, uh, you know, to invest in multiple gaming platforms. Um, or even like if they saved up all their dollar bills and they can't ex and what what's to say they can't afford that DLC, you know, that that they're talking about, yeah. um, you know, and a lot of times what what about like. If you're buying, and I mean, I know this is probably, but we used to have this issue at GameStop all the time where if they came out with DLC, but you had people playing where their, their consoles didn't have internet. Remember that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that that used to be a thing. I don't think that's a thing much anymore, but. We used to uh, get demos in the magazines. Oh, I know, dude. That's, that's <laughs> Shit's wild. Good um, times. Yeah, it looks like we have a comment if you want to bring that one in. Uh, it says, games have to have cross-player. I feel the longevity isn't there, and I agree uh 100 and that's why i think we're seeing games like um fortnite and warzone and siege now has it homie flip and i've played countless hours of siege and warzone i think fortnite um you're seeing these games as, as kind of have new life or extended life because like it doesn't matter what system you have and what system i have and what system our friend has we can all play together and we can all talk in game chat together yeah yeah, and then I think the last part of the whole like making like the barrier of accessibility in regards to being able to have access to these games, I think, you know, when you when you lack that, right? I think this really prevents gamers from being able to experience specific titles, obviously. Think about titles that maybe they weren't able to play because they didn't have that console, right? Um, yeah. you know, if I wasn't able to play Uncharted, I don't know what I'd do. I'd have been big sad. Um, but I think narrowing, you know, this obviously narrows down their gaming options. And I think this potentially like potentially excluding them from like playing those highly acclaimed games because there's just certain games that shouldn't be missed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Would you freak out though? If you uh, were able to play, uh, Zelda on an Xbox, how would that make you feel? Oh, I would love to play Zelda on a console that doesn't stutter at 30 frames per second. <laughs> I know. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay. Do you want the Microsoft acquisition to go through? Yes. For the main what? reason. That's here. For the main reason is to the point that you alluded to earlier. I feel like, and my mom used this, my mom used this analogy earlier today, and I'm going to use it right now because we we're talking about things that we would hear as kids that we now say as adults that you, I would never thought I would hear my, hear me say mm -hmm. is I think if this goes through with Microsoft, I, I hope and I pray that this helps Sony either shit or get off the pot as my mom would say, because yeah. I think like they really need to like, I just think that Sony holds themselves up on a pedestal and they just think they're higher than thou. You know what I mean? They and backed I it up it, the last two console generations though. It, 
I agree, but I mean in regards of like I just want them to do something and and maybe and maybe Game Pass isn't a good business model. I mean, with as great as I think as great as I think Game Pass is, if you have a service that's as good as Game Pass and you're still losing the console war. Well, they don't have the games to put on it. If they had all these games that Sony has, then it would be the best thing ever. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like Sony approaches the situation as you need us more than we need you. Yeah. And that causes them not to want to, you know, build bridges to bring in developers to make it a destination for games, you know. And and, because I used to think that like PlayStation was the destination for any indie game that I felt was going to be great. Right. And now I feel like I can just go to Game Pass and play a ton of indie games. I'm going to have a good time doing, you know what I mean? So I just feel like I just wish that Sony would get better about like building those bridges and creating those relationships with people that are going to want to work with them. Um, And even maybe just work with them exclusively. Like I see Sony out here or uh, Microsoft out here making big moves. But at the end of the day, like if you're making these big moves and you're just openly saying like we've lost the console war, (laughs) you know what I mean? So I wanted to go through two and my reason is a little more selfish. Um, Ever since the Call of Duty kind of timed exclusive for content things started happening with PlayStation, PlayStation stopped working on multiplayer shooters. Resistance, Killzone. Here it is. And SOCOM. <laughs> but yeah. it's true. We've lost Resistance and we've lost Killzone as well. Just I'm... abandoned because they don't need to do that. They can focus on these single player games and let Activision handle multiplayer. Well, no. You had three super solid multiplayer multiplayer shooters. Revive them. Bring them back. Let's go. Did you say Killzone as well? Yeah, Killzone, Resistance, yeah. and uh, uh, SOCOM. And those are great. All of they them. They are, even, yeah. Even Mag, bro. I take Mag. Yeah, Battle Bit Remastered. Have you seen that on Steam? Mm-mm. 15 bucks. It has like a Minecrafty kind of graphics. Don't let that turn you off, though. It's like a full... No, don't let it turn you off. I'm telling you right now. It's a full-scale war game with the same features you would find in a full, like a big Battlefield or Call of Duty tile, title. Great gunplay. Vehicles. Everything's destructible. 254 player matches. That sounds uh, crazy. Terry McCoy. Who's that? That name sounds familiar. He says third person action adventure games for the win. And flip says 256 player server. Um, I guess he's talking about battle bit flip. You playing battle bit. If you are, let me know. We have to, uh, we'll have to play some of that, but um, what I, I was going to say something else. And I forgot where I was going. Um, oh yeah. One more thing I want to add before I, I, I stop talking is um, if this deal doesn't go through, I think Microsoft could still make Activision what Sony has made Square Enix, whereas Square Enix still makes games for everybody, you know, but like the big ones, your Final Fantasies, your near Automatas, they only come out on PlayStation. There's no exclusive agreement out there, right? No one said, oh, Final Fantasy 16 is only coming to PlayStation, but it's only on PlayStation. They yeah. could just say, hey, you know what? We're not bound by any purchasing deal that we made because the deal didn't go through to make your the Call of Duty on other systems. We're going to Call of Duty just going to be on Xbox this, this year. You know, they yeah. could do that. Uh, they could do that with anything. But I don't want that to happen either. I just I think the deal should go through and Sony can make SOCOM uh, six. 
I do like this comment. Where are we at now? Yeah. I do like this comment that came in. It says, We lost resistant and kill zone, but Sony allowed those same studios to make wait for it, Spider-Man and Horizon, Horizon Zero Dawn. It says, I'll take that. 343 wanted to do something other than Halo. Turn 10 uh want to wants to do something other than racing games. I mean, that's fair. Sure. Yeah. That's a very that's a very good point. Thank you. That for is a good such point. Good, we got uh, some good games. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I, I do think that it's worth revisiting those, but I mean, I think that's the thing to you know to their point. I think that like if they would have kept doing like rinse and repeat, maybe we would have never gotten Spider Man. Maybe we would have never gotten Horizon Zero Dawn. But I don't necessarily think that they need to completely walk a- away from them altogether. Yeah. I think there's been enough time that's passed that like, I feel like if you reinvent those, cause there's generations that's not even played those games before, oh, yeah. you know, you know what I mean? So I think, uh, I think they would be well received. I know you're really just wanting that. That's so calm. I am. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I really want kill zone too. And of course, resistance. I mean, resistance is great. Although the alternative world war two history game is kind of locked down with Wolfenstein, but so yeah. I guess that's the one I would cut if I had to, but kill zone and SOCOM. Yeah. 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 Give them back. Yeah. What's uh is there anything else you want to add before I kind of wrap this section up? Cause I did have some final thoughts I wanted to add around, no, uh, around his thoughts. So like, obviously we know that like, uh, you know, the gaming industry uh, has been obviously evolving, especially a lot lately, but over the past few years, it's been evolving. And, you know, I think we've seen a shift, uh, you know, towards more multi-platform, approaches uh you know obviously we've, t- we've talked about cross play we've talked about cloud gaming especially with streaming um you know i think these developments obviously i think aim to help like bridge the gap between consoles uh and hopefully provide gamers i think with a broader way to access games you know mm-hmm. um you know and be able to play on the consoles that they choose now at the end of the day it's up to the developers whether or not they want to make things uh you know what? Not only the developers, but obviously the the uh, the uh, companies that own those developers, I should say, uh, if they want to make a game cross-platform or if they want to make. Um, look at my cat coming in here trying to get on this mic. Um, you know, I think at the end of the day, though, ultimately, I think you know the impact of having games being exclusive to con- consoles. I think you know really depends on what your personal preference is. You know, your financial capabilities, number two, and obviously what your priorities are for gaming. Um, you know, I think being able to strike the balance between, you know, between games being console exclusive and also being able to act like having broader access to like your audience, I think is something that's going to be critical, I think, in the gaming industry, you know, being able to cater to worldwide gamers as opposed to just a certain group and really help, you know, meet meet our expectations right like because i mean not everybody buys every console some people own one console for the the life of that console right so like it's not an easy answer i guess is what i'm trying to say you know i think for people that own pcs and they own all the consoles they're just going to buy it on whatever platform all their friends are playing with or they feel that they're going to get the best experience but when you take that option away from them completely that's where that's where the problem sometimes ensues right like i think about the example like going to a restaurant right and this is this seems weird like you're going to a restaurant right and uh, you're looking at the menu and you order steak because i feel like you'd order steak justin that's what you'd order right that or chicken tendies right and you see a plate of lobster walk by and you stop the waiter and you say well i didn't see lobster on the menu and then the waiter says well i only showed you half the menu i'm allergic too so 
Oh yeah. Bad analogy. No, so, no, so nobody wants to only get half the options. They want, no. they want the full menu. You know what I mean? Exactly. So everybody, everybody wants options. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's kind of my final take on, on that whole thing. I do love the, I do love the content and dialogue that we got wrote into. I think that gives really good, uh, yeah, really good uh, perception there. Um, now, before we go any further, do we just want to talk about our nods of approval, or did you want? Uh, Terry says. Uh, Terry says options for the win. Wow, you took this comment away. I tried. We clicked it at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Um, do we want to move to nods of approval, or do we want to uh, do we want a few more trivia questions this week? Oh, let's do trivia. I'm gonna grab a different deck real quick. I just now thought about it, so I'm gonna. Uh, oh my god, you're gonna leave me here with these people to talk and entertain. It's literally for... right out. It's literally right. right out here. So give me just. So a... I'll tell them what we're doing if they weren't here last week. While you do that, so last week Travis has this board game. It's called I don't remember. It's called Mind the Gap, and basically it's trivia for different uh, generations. So there's um, there's boomers, Gen X, millennials, and Gen Z trivia questions. So last week he asked some questions. People, um, oh, hang on. You still you there, Travis? Can you hear us? Flip wants to see the baby. Um, <laughs> we can't hear you, Travis. Now I muted myself so you didn't yeah. have to hear me get up out of my chair. Gotcha. Uh, but anyway, this board game it covers different generations of trivia. It was surprisingly oh, pretty good. Oh, one. I just explained the mind the gap game. Which one are we playing today? This one's just straight trivia. There's no like. Uh, okay. Yeah, so I figured this might be better for the audience, uh, so we don't have to keep pulling from different genres. This just goes everywhere. So, right. so Travis will read the question. Go ahead and type your answers in in the comments if you know it. After like probably ten seconds, because there's a slight delay, he's just going to read the answer though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but obviously, uh, you can hold your uh, you can hold your answer. But uh, okay. All right. Let's see here. So, what country is famous for chocolate? Banks and watches. I feel like that's an easy one. I actually don't know that one. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I don't know. Chocolate well, banks and watches. Yeah, bro, I cannot believe. I've that. never heard of this. So. I cannot believe. I've never read this question, and I knew it immediately. Germany. I don't so, know. So I'm gonna read it one more time. Uh, so, what country is famous for chocolate banks and watches? Switzerland is what the comments say. That is correct. Wow, everyone knew Switzerland. I did yeah. not know that. So I guess I'm the dumb. I dumb. love this. We should do a whole episode of trivia. I just we should this. on Discord where it's in real time though. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that. Uh, also, if you if you haven't taken time to join our Discord, if you go to our Instagram, Facebook, or Twitch, or YouTube, there's a link to our Discord. You can join our Discord. Uh, we have up. I know uh, one of our listeners, Justin, joined last week. Um, but yeah, you can definitely uh, check that out. Uh, we're going to start doing more interactive things on there. Uh, once yeah, we yeah. Kind of build up I think we're going to start actually streaming games, and we'll probably use that as an avenue to talk more so than anything else. Um, all right. You ready for the next one? Maybe. This, one, this is a history one. one. You're good at history, right? No, if I, no I'm going to act like I know it, and I'm going to read one of the comments. Christopher Columbus oh. and his crew in 1492 sailed the ocean blue in what three ships? I know the answer. I'm on a boat, and I want to read that one more time. Christopher Columbus and his crew in night or 1492 sailed the ocean blue in what three ships? I think there's a song about this. Uh, we got it. Someone there got it, it is. Right. Yeah, it makes me think of boats and hose. The Nina Pinta and Santa Maria. Good okay, job. Justin, you're probably gonna know this one. If you know this, just answer it right away. What state is Duke University located? It's in North Carolina. 
Let's go, baby. All right. Um, oh, okay. Um, what do you here got? we go. Ready? Yep. What country is sports apparel and accessories company Adidas from? I know this one. If you, saw, if you saw the movie about Nike recently, you would know the answer to this question. I know the answer. Do you want me to wait and let people answer it? Or? Yeah, yeah. This one okay. you can. All right. Uh, so put your answers in the chat. We have one Germany. That is correct, man. They're, they're uh, I need them on. I need them on my trivia team. Yeah. To be fair, they could be googling it. We wouldn't know. That's okay. I'll give. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. All right. What three colors are the Irish flag? I can't even picture the Irish flag right now. I don't know, but I'm going to take this banner away though, because we're not talking about that anymore. We'll do a few more, and then we'll we'll move on to not not of approval. Oh, I had to look it up. I'm not going to answer, obviously, but I I do remember the Irish flag now. Okay. Oh, Flip says red, green, and white. Um, green, tell. white, red. I think I, it looks more like an orange to me. What do you have on there? It's green, white, and orange. Okay. All right, let's see here. Oh, this seems... Oh, it's easy. Everybody would get that. All right, what is the name of the political party led by Nelson Mandela from 1991 to 1999? I don't know the name of the party. Wow. I'm sorry, I don't. What is the name of the political party led by Nelson Mandela from 1991 to 1999? Yeah, I was too busy being under the age of 10. <laughs> wow. I was old. It's fine. 1999, I was in high school, bro. Uh, I yeah. was almost there. So I don't know if anybody's wrote in yet. So I'm, so I'm going to say uh, it's the ANC, which is the African National Congress. Gotcha. Oh, uh, right. Flip says it was the Mandela effect. Oh, no, that's a that good is, answer. That is. Um Oh, here we go. Uh, Julius Caesar supposedly said, Viva Vidi Vici. What does this mean? Oh, I don't know. I used to know and I don't know. Julius Caesar supposedly said, Vina Vida Vici. Should I say it Italian like? No. Vina Vida Vici. No, you what did does anyway. this mean? <laughs> grazie. Grazie. Oh, God. I don't know. Okay. This is tough. I'm or tough or I'm dumb. You ready? Yeah, I'm going to give it two more seconds. Someone it, says I'm too drunk to taste the chicken. That is uh, that was by Ricky Bobby. But oh, that's Terry that said that. Yeah. Um, oh, I came. I, I saw I conquered. Yep. And that's what she said. Oh, <laughs> all right. Ready? Um, Hang on. Is there a boo reaction on here? Yeah. We'll just go with this one. That's a shock and all, isn't it? Yeah. All right. Ready? Save that one for your next joke. All right, here we go. Uh, what is the, oh, I know this one. What is the name of the Italian fashion designer who was shot dead outside of uh, his home in Miami in 1997? I know this one. They're wanting the full name, but I'll take oh, just the last. You're going to get the last name. No one knows the first name. Until somebody drops it in chat because they Googled it. Because they what? They Googled it? Uh, oh, we have an answer. Gucci. 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 
I'm going to go ahead and turn on this thing that makes me constantly look at the camera now. I turned it off halfway through. Oh, God. He has an AI filter that makes his eyes do something strange. It looks like I'm looking at the camera all the time, and I'm not. Like, I'm now actually looking down. Can you tell? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) All right, here we go. We'll do two more, okay? Okay. Uh, Oh, that's easy. Uh, Hmm. Jack the Ripper terrorized what city in 1888? That's easy. Yep. Jack the Ripper. You want to answer or wait for Yeah, you can go ahead and answer. London, right? Yeah, that is correct. Oh, my God. Take that away. What's that? Okay, my eyes look weird. I got to turn that It says chant. Uh, They also got London correct. Okay, yeah. Uh, Oh, that's okay. Uh... Let's see here. What is... Oh, no, that's easy. It's too easy, bro. Who is the lead... You'll know this one. Who is so. the lead singer of the group Coldplay? Oh, I do know that one. Yeah, I had a feeling you'd know. No offense. Who is Steve Martin? Just kidding, Chris Martin. That is correct. Uh, all right. Uh, let's see here. Here, let, I'm going to ask this one because this one I just think is fun and the wind on this one, okay? Okay. Um, what was Victoria Beckham's nickname when she was part of the group The Spice Girls? Because they all had a different name. They what did. was hers? There was A lot of people get this one wrong because they think... Uh, there was Scary and Baby and... If you know that one, drop it in the... Scary Baby Sporty. Yeah. There's a redhead. I don't remember her name. Somebody already has the answer. Victoria Spice. No, that's, that's not it. That is incorrect. Is it? Uh, oh, um, oh, F. Starts with a P. Posh. Yep. Daniel Posh. Posh Spice. Yep. Posh. And then the other one, what was the red one? The redhead one. Uh, Ginger. Ginger Spice. Yeah. Um, whatever happened to Tosh point oh or whatever, whatever happened to him? Did he get canceled? No, I'm surprised, but no. All right. Well, thanks for playing some trivia. We're going to go ahead and move into, and I hope you're ready for this. We're going to move into our nod of approval. So, oh, you already have something written down here. Okay. And speaking of which, I don't know if you really got into the, did you get into the details of like how much you love this game yet? No. Okay, good. So go ahead and do that. Uh, it's Final Fantasy 16. I actually had a couple more things on here, but for everyone's sake, I just cut it down to one. Uh, Final Fantasy 16 is really, really good. If you have a PlayStation 5, it has to be in your catalog. Uh, if you don't, it, honest to God, is what I would classify as a system seller. It is worth the price of admission. If you are on the fence on which console to get, we just talked about it, console exclusivity. Um, but it's, it's, it's amazing. It's phenomenal. Yeah, I uh, I was told I was having a conversation. And I don't think it was with you. I think it was with uh, I think it was with Alex was talking about how you can tell the influence that Final Fantasy 14 has had on this game as far as like some of the gameplay mechanics and stuff like that. So I guess I got to get into 14 at some point. Yeah, you freaking do, dude. It's so good. But everybody owns an apartment but me and it took him years to do. You so. can get an apartment day one. It's a house that's harder to get. Can I just move in and be your roommate? I can give you access to my house. Can we get married? Yeah, we can actually. Then I'm moving in, baby. All right. Yeah. You can get married in the game. Yeah. I uh, attended a wedding once. It was really nice. 
Oh, in game or just in yeah, general? In game, in game. Well, <laughs> and in general. Just in general. More like, than once in general. I unfortunately, but... I unfortunately have been to more weddings than I can count, and I've also been in more weddings than I can count, I'm including gonna... yours, actually. Yeah, I'm gonna say, it. don't invite me to your wedding. I don't want to be there. <laughs> That's yeah, me. I... I shouldn't say that. Yeah, I've been in so many weddings. Uh, what was that movie? Twenty Seven Dresses. That's me, but like twenty twenty seven, like. Pantsuits. Pantsuits? No, I don't Pantsuits. <laughs> Suit pants or, or dress pants. I don't know what I'm trying to say. You better believe I'm photoshopping you on the poster for that movie. Oh my God. But I'm wearing a pantsuit like Hillary Clinton. Yeah, I'm just going to put Hillary Clinton's body, your face, change it to 27 pantsuits, and it's going on our social media. Please yeah, do. It's happening. I'm sorry. 110% let that happen. I'll, I, I'll I am. Support it. I'll even give you, I'll even send you a picture to use. Please do. Um, but anyway, oh my God. well, you so said you good. had, so you said you had some others, give us some of your others. If you had multiples. Well, I mentioned all of them at the beginning of the show. It was the bear. Um, just really good. I'm only one or two episodes in the season two, but season one's really, really great. Um, and it's kind of like Barry only in the sense that it's like eight up eight episode seasons and they're 30 minutes each. It's really easy to consume. And then, uh, asteroid city. If you like Wes Anderson, you're probably going to love this one. If you don't like Wes Anderson, you probably won't. Um, amazing cast though and it's just really really good okay well perfect uh so my uh i actually have i I kind of already previously mentioned one but uh this was a few episodes ago but mine is silo again i'm just really driving home the point silo is really good you need to check it out if you like those what do you call them i thought you had a name for that type of show mystery not show what is it mystery box show mystery box show it is definitely that um you're just constantly thinking you knowing what's going on but then i'm just really hoping by the end of this uh by the end of this season we get some more questions answered uh that's the big thing it's like if you're gonna leave me with no questions answered then i'm gonna be big sad i know loss was bad about that for the first few seasons and then they start answering some questions but this one is really really good um but my actual one for this week, uh, and it's not for everybody, uh, but if you've been thinking about a handheld gaming console, I would personally highly recommend the Asus ROG Ally. Uh, I really have nothing but good things to say about it. The only thing that I will say is kind of a downside uh, is if you are playing AAA games on basically as high as the settings as that will let you run it at, at a, at a decent rate. Sometimes you're getting an hour to an hour and a half of battery life. So that in itself isn't great, but what I will tell you is that has a 65 watt charger. So you can fully charge it within like an hour, I would say, or no, no, I think 30 minutes actually. Um, but you can also plug an external power, like battery bank into it. I actually found a carrying case. It actually is a 10,000 milliamp battery built into the actual case. Um, so if I'm on the go, I can just plug directly into that case and charge, which is kind of nice. Um, however, if you're not playing anything, like if you don't need 1080p and you don't need 120 frames a second, right, you can get more battery life out of it. And you're, if you're not playing AAA titles, you'll get the same as what you would out of a Steam Deck. And also if you're doing emulation on it, um, we won't get much into that. But battery life is fine for that. Um, and just the fact it runs Windows makes it so universal to just play all the all the games without really compromising anything um and then i will say to steam's credit i mean i don't have anything bad to say about steam but to their credit uh they've also made it very easy to use 
on the uh, on the Ally because just the interface, like when you go into it and you go into settings, it almost looks like you're using a Steam Deck because it sees the internal storage of that. I mean, it, if you didn't know any better, you would think you were just using a Steam Deck when you're inside a big picture mode on, on the actual handheld itself. So uh, definitely worth checking out, especially, like I said, 14-day return policy at Best Buy. If you're a Total Tech member, you have 60 days to return it. So, you know, which I do. So I was like, I'll give this thing a try for 60 days. If I hate it, I'll just take it back. So are you um, going to take it back? I don't think so. I don't really plan to. I'm actually really enjoying it. Um, the only thing I will say has been a pain is like accessories have slowly been rolling out in regards to just like third-party cases and stuff like that and screen protectors. Yeah. That in itself has been a pain. Um, but other than that, I mean, I've not really had any issues out of it at all. I will do um, probably sometime next week, uh, maybe later this week or next week, I will post a video of like an actual video review of just kind of like my thoughts and stuff like that on it. Um, what's, uh, what's it say? It says, can you make calls on it with Skype or Google Hangouts? As long as you can install it to Windows, it can do it because there's no limitations because it actually runs Windows. Does so. it have like a front camera like the PS Vita? It doesn't built in, but you can theoretically plug in an external one if you wanted to. Okay. Uh, you know, what's cool too is in the power button, it also has a fingerprint reader. So you can just literally touch the power cool. button. It, it unlocks it as well. Uh, I will say the speakers are great, but just overall, not really any complaints. I really, really like it. So nice. that is my not of approval was there anything that you wanted to mention before uh before we close out i think i'm good well i will say lord willing justin gets time to make notes this week um i want to do trivia next week you've already convinced me to do that instead well we'll put it to a vote if you've watched this video listen i will give i will give anybody that watches this video that wants to leave a comment do you want to have a whole episode where we do trivia and we can even divide into teams and whatnot. That'd be cool. That would be cool. Or um, do you want to see us talk about and join part of the conversation around the different conspiracy theories in gaming? Like, that's what I want to do. I want to talk about all the different conspiracy theories around gaming, the weird ones, the ones that people think are true, that maybe not be true, things that maybe we don't think true that is. Uh, you know, but that is a topic that you really hold. I said hold, but I don't know what that means. Uh, I think, I don't know, maybe all of it? They want all of it. I don't know. You okay. Keep monitoring. <laughs> the whole thing. <laughs> the whole thing. Um, but anyways, uh, so you leave in the comments below, wherever they are on the screen, I would assume here. Make sure you also hit the little bell to subscribe and get notified when we drop new episodes. Uh, they want the whole show. But what we're saying is, do you want the whole show to be about trivia and playing trivia with us? Or do you want it to be the conspiracy theory conversation? Around gaming, not like around gaming, put, not putting on a tinfoil yeah. hat. This isn't the Alex Jones show. We're not going to uh. do that. Um, but anyways, um, yeah. So just let us know what you think. I mean, eventually we'll do okay. one whole show about trivia. All right, it's going to be trivia night then. Right. So we'll, we'll, we'll have to really that. make sure you join the Discord and uh, we'll try to get that set up. Travis is defeated. No, I mean, I, listen. I oh, want to give the people what they want. I mean, it's fine. Uh, we could save that for another day, and that means you get you get even more time to research it. So you can still start researching it today. Yeah, we will have to figure out the avenue that we want to do if we want to make like actual questions and bring them in on the screen, uh, or how we do that. So we'll have to figure that out. Because yeah, we'll you... I'll, I'll research some things and we'll try to figure something out. Yeah, yeah. So we'll figure that out. But with that being said, uh, Justin, before I close this out, is there any more comments that we need to bring in and address before we leave? I don't see any at the moment. 
Okay, perfect. Well, uh, once again, I want to thank everybody for tuning in for this episode of Nerds with Mike's episode 137. Uh, oh, hang on, we do have one. Stop. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, going back to console exclusive games when like Agent or Scalebound, scale when they don't come out, do you blame the third party developer or the publisher? Ooh. Wow, they're trying to beat the buzzer with us closing out. That's a to... great question. I honestly don't know. I guess it'd be case by case basis on what led to the cancellation. Um, I don't know if I have a clear answer for that. Do you? No, I mean, I think at the end of the day, like, so we're talking about if they don't come out at all. Is that what we're referring to? Yeah. Um, I think at the end of the day, it comes down to, I would say the publisher personally. That's, that's the way okay. I feel about it. But I, I'd be curious to know what your take is uh, on it. Uh, not you, Justin, cause you don't seem to know, but I would think. I don't know. Me, I mean, I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around that one. Yeah, I would think, um, so let me reread this question. So this is going back to console exclusive when games like uh, The Agent or Scalebound don't come out, who do, you, uh, who do you blame, the third party developer or the publisher? I would say at the end of the day, because I would say it's the publisher, because at the end of the day, if you're looking out from like a project management like scope, right, it falls back on the publisher at the end of the day, because those those developers, right, like, yeah, I think, you know, to me, that's how I would see it. But I would be curious to hear uh, what their thoughts are. Um, uh, that as might well. be a, a question we put on social media and answer, have uh, a few responses rolling next week. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so with that being said, uh, I want to thank everybody who has joined us for, like I said, one uh, episode 137. Uh, where we talked about, you know, console. What, Justin? Exclusivity. I was wondering if you remember what we were doing. Oh, my God. Anyway, we would greatly appreciate it if you would follow us on whatever platform you prefer uh, to see us on. I mean, I wouldn't be mad if you followed us on all our social media. Just gave us yeah. a little follow. Uh, I would love that. Follow us on TikTok. We're trying to get to a thousand followers, not because I like TikTok, but that's another platform that we would be able to uh, live stream to. And from just the little videos we've dropped on there, uh, we've gotten some pretty decent feedback. So we're trying to build a bigger following on TikTok just because I feel like the hashtag algorithms work better for TikTok than any of the other platforms for some reason. I'm not really sure why. Um, but yeah, make sure you do that. I'm just out here just pouring myself out for follows. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. But anyways, uh, once again, thank you. And that is all that we have. So until next time, we'll see you next week. Peace. Bye.